Hi, this is Annika Sorenstam and I'm a World Golf Hall of Famer and you're watching Action Sports Jacks. So when I look at the Green Bay Packers and them bringing a guy like Jordan Love is, I don't know if we've seen the best of Aaron Rodgers, but now that we know that competition is in the building, as a football fan, as a former player, I like what the Green Bay Packers has done. I, like I said, I don't know how much better Aaron Rodgers can get, but with them bringing Jordan Love into that building, it's going to light a fire up under Aaron Rodgers. So I look for big things coming out of Green Bay and that offense. <laughs> I, I can't even... I can't even straight face, man. Randy Moss? No. 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 You, think you, you don't spend a first-round pick, Brent, to try to send a message to somebody. Especially when that message is sent to Aaron Rodgers. You don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl? You think Aaron Rodgers is being complacent? No, man. Come on. All right. Go ahead. You're the guy. You Your text messages went crazy. You had to talk people down yeah. uh, so, in, in Wisconsin. The Packers fans are all right. It's the biggest story of the draft, which a little it surprised me a bit it was that big. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tua, no. Did Joe Burrow get picked number one overall? I think so. Did he? I, I think so. Okay, because it must have been all it the love. It was a long draft night, man. must have been all the love he got for the last three months. <laughs> yeah, he got, yeah. like, none today. <laughs> like, it wasn't even mentioned. Yeah, it yeah. was Tua. There was some C.D. Lamb in there. And it was a lot of Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, getting drafted, what was it, 15 years to the day, as Aaron Rodgers did in the same way uh, to Brett Favre. So here yeah. we are going full circle. Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're well, out of their minds right now absolutely. up in Green Bay, right? Absolutely. So let me start off by saying this. This will be the first and probably only time that I got text messages saying, Somebody hacked the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, pick. Have you heard anything? Like, people were coming to me like, did you hear anything about it? I'm like, no, I think they're taking Jordan Love. Like, that was the correct pick. You know, Matt LaFoy looks pretty happy with himself, so that was the correct pick. It was just, listen, it was a crazy thing because, obviously, I'm, I'm in a bunch of group texts, and the Packers are coming up, you know, and they trade up, and someone joked around and said, what happens if they get Jordan Love? Ha ha. And everyone just started cracking up, you right? Because it wasn't going to happen, man. There's no way. And everybody thought, including myself, that they would finally take care of Aaron Rodgers and they would get him a weapon at receiver. Yes, you have Devontae Adams. But let's be honest, Brent. Do you know who the last person the Green Bay Packers took in the first round at a skill position was? I think he said it. I, I think it was like his rookie year or something. Like it was, it was Aaron Rodgers. It was him. Yeah. And, there you go. So the thing about this, Aaron Rodgers been in the league for how long? Fifteen, I think. Fifteen years. years. Fifteen yeah. years. In those fifteen years, the last skill position that the Green Bay Packers have taken in the first round was Aaron Rodgers. So listen, we always hear about the fallout a little bit, the Green Bay Packers, and you know Aaron Rodgers doesn't get along with the head coach and things like that. Well, look where you just came from. You are one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Okay, you have the roster right now to be successful. And Aaron Rodgers has been very adamant about saying he's got four, five good years left. He wants to play into his 40s. So why the heck the Green Bay Packers would take all that information, being one game away from the Super Bowl, having a talented roster, maybe adding an offensive tackle or a wide receiver to try to put you over the hump, why you would go in the quarterback direction, man, I... I don't get it. I honestly don't understand it. Uh, well, here's the thing. I've got a couple of thoughts. I think it does make some sense. Oh, no. Oh, here, here, Listen, here go the ratings. No, here's why it makes sense. Do you trade up and get him because it shows more like, oh, we really want this guy? Well, you trade up and get him because of the 50-year option. Mm -hmm. He's 37 years old. Not everybody. Tom Brady has skewed everybody's mentality. 
everybody now is going to play until they're 40 at a high level. That's not the case, man. That's not the case. It, it fell off quick, pretty quick for Eli Manning. Uh, Rodgers, a mobile guy, another injury away. I mean, he's still got a rifle arm. I'm, maybe he does play for five more, six more years. Who knows? Does he even want to? I don't know. But it's the most important position in sports. Sure. I've always said, why not invest in it more? If you like this guy and Rodgers is 37, even if you don't plan on playing him for two and a half more years, it would be a good investment for down the road and you don't get stuck. Listen, if Gardner Minshew doesn't work out in the fall, the Jags are stuck. They have to take a quarterback next year. Well, you don't want to be in the position of being stuck. So I I don't mind that part of it. That's one thing. Mm. And the fifth-year option, I think, is important here because it buys you another year. So I don't mind that. I also think if you look around the league, other teams have done stuff like this. Alex Smith was a very good quarterback. They took Patrick Mahomes. Now he's on Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, they took Jimmy Garoppolo in the second Boy, round, man. Brad, I mean, they did. But you you have to understand the whole landscape of everything, right? The Green Bay Packers were one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Okay, so this would be like this. You're very adamant about Blake Bortles getting a new contract, right? You are the Blake Bortles bandwagon. Imagine the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off that stellar year, that 2017 year, and, you know, they have what the 29th pick it was. Imagine that they trade up and get Josh Rosen. How would you have felt? I wish I got someone else instead of Rosen, but. But I'm asking, I mean, that, 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 that's a, that's a, that pick right there with Josh Rosen where he was drafted, that's a pretty relatable pick. pick. Yeah. How would you feel about it? How would you feel about coming off of an AFC championship game, all the pieces are there, and now you're addressing the quarterback? Well, it's a little harder. I get what you're saying. It's a little harder to answer because Bortles had such mixed reviews, and, and he wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have the equity built up. He wasn't as skilled. He yeah. wasn't as good. So, I, I, But I understand what you're saying. What I say to that, and I get that argument. I understand. Go give him another piece. Yeah. Do, just throw out there T. Higgins, whatever. Or, mm-hmm. or give me a receiver. I don't care. Yeah, you, T. You, Higgins. Are they going to the Super Bowl because they got T. Higgins? It's, I mean, it's going to help. You know, like, how could it not help? But but they're going to pick today and they're going to get another weapon for Like they could, you know, and get another weapon for him. Yeah. I, I just, here, here's my bigger overall problem. with. We could argue probably as long as the day well, is about keep that. Keep in mind, too, Murray was available for linebacker because they also need a linebacker because Blake Martinez goes in New York. Yeah. So they could uh, address the linebacker situation as well. Yeah, and, and before they started moving around or could trade up to get him, exactly. and the Chargers ended up getting Murray, I think it was. Yeah. But my bigger thing about this story today is, oh, no, Aaron Rodgers is going to be mad. Who cares? This is what I talk about with this quarterback position. Why do we care about the feelings of the quarterback so much? He's 37 years old. Heck, he did this to Brett Favre, and it was okay when he came out. Yeah. Now, he had to sit and wait, but the same thing might happen to this young man, too. I, I just don't understand why we need to care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings. He doesn't own the franchise. Yes, he's been phenomenal. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's built up equity. Should they have maybe called him and told them they might do that? That's where I have a bit of an issue. Now, you got to be careful on draft day to do that stuff, but even immediately. The GM talked and said, yeah, we haven't talked to Aaron Rodgers. I was like, ooh, you probably should have at least called right around that time and said, hey, man, this is the plan. Yeah. You, I think you owe him that, but you don't owe him the lifetime starting quarterback job Forever. You can invest in future quarterbacks. I, I This whole notion that Aaron Rodgers is now going to be ticked off, the guy's at least a kind of a diva anyway at the quarterback well, I don't spot. Think, and listen, Doesn't he have drama all the time up there? Yeah, he does. But I don't have issues with Aaron Rodgers being ticked off. I don't think a lot of Packer fans have issues with that either. 
I think the issue stems from, and you know, we know this better than anybody. The window to go to a Super Bowl and hoist that Lombardi trophy, it can be a short one, okay? Not everyone's built like the New England Patriots were, so it's a short window. And my biggest issue, I think a lot of Packers fans' biggest issue is the fact that you're still in that window, okay? You have a lot of those guys coming back. Now, yes, you lost Blake Martinez. You lost a lineman here and there. So you get, you got to you know try to patch those things up. But for the most part, you have the same team coming back. So then why not address it? Why not try to make a run? Because at the end of the day, the goal is to win games. You're planning for the future when your now is perfect, when your now is there to win a Super Bowl. So why plan for the future, man? That's that's what I have an issue with. That's what a lot of Packer fans have issues with. I think after this year, his contract becomes non-guaranteed. And maybe they anticipate some drama. And like uh, we're not putting up with the drama. You know, maybe some mm. of that stuff is more real. You know, maybe it was real for Tom Brady, right? It took a couple of years to come to fruition, but it was real. Yeah. He wanted, he, he knew last year he wasn't coming back. I mean, it didn't matter what they did. So I don't, I actually think this takes a lot of guts. I think it takes a lot of guts to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I, I think guts are craziness, it's, whatever. It's very, it's a dangerous deal to say we're one guy away. We need to put another guy. And, and I'm not saying that's what they would be saying, but just to say, hey, they didn't get a receiver and put something around him. Your point is a good one. They haven't put stuff around. They haven't put enough around it. They've asked him to do too much. Yeah. But they've got more draft picks coming up. Now, if they if they circle back at the end of this weekend and yeah. you see two more weapons on offense and an offensive lineman, are, is everybody still up in arms? Listen, though, here, here's the problem, Brent. Okay, so last year you played the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. You absolutely get the doors blown off you, okay? They they run the ball down Green Bay's throat. Aaron Rodgers had a bad game. The pass rush got after him, and it wasn't even close of a game, all right? Packers get blown out. Well, now let's fast forward. Obviously, the Packers are where they are right now, okay? They're not going to beat San Fran just because, you know, they got Jordan Love at quarterback. And look what San Fran did. They got maybe the best three technique in a three four defense in Javon Kinlaw. They literally traded away DeForest Buckner, got an extra draft pick, and now they got like DeForest Buckner Jr. And they didn't have to pay all that money to Buckner. Exactly. They understood it. They understand that the 49ers right now, Brent, there's a window. And you try to build pieces to win that championship in that window. To me, the 49ers get it. To me, John Lynch, he understands it. For whatever reason, the Green Bay Packers are not realizing that they're in the window right now. And I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings. I really don't care about the future. If I'm a Packers fan, I want to win a Super Bowl next year. What about Tua in Miami? Any surprise there? Did Miami do okay? Why did they pick the cornerback late in the first round? <laughs> don't they have like a gazillion dollars wrapped up in yeah. corners? Yeah, you know what? So, so Tua, listen, it was kind of the plan along for Miami. I'm not mad about that one whatsoever. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully they give him tools, obviously, around him to be successful. But once again, we talk about those tools, right, where – if you have Tua Tonga Viola, you need to give him weapons. And I get it. You have Devontae Parker right now. You probably addressed the running back position in the second or third round, so you're going to be fine there. But you go after a corner who essentially right now, more than anything on that team, Brent, that is the luxury pick, okay? And you come, you you live in a conference where you have the Buffalo Bills, you have Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets, and then you also still have the New England Patriots who – are probably going to be a little more run-oriented this year. So I get where the pick comes from where you want to lock up that slot guy, that slot corner. Fantastic. But to me, that's a luxury pick. I get it. He could be a great player going forward, and we'll see what happens that kid from Auburn. But that's a luxury pick. I think you had other needs at safety you could have went. Um, obviously, at wide receiver you could have went, or even at lineman that you could have addressed. All right, I got another one for you. What was on C.D. Lamb's phone? <laughs> 
This is why you can't have the draft at people's houses, okay? Because people don't know how to act, man. All right? I mean, listen, I don't know what was going on there. Um, not a good day. In terms of optics, you want to talk about optics all the time? Didn't look good for anybody. Um, I don't know what happened. I'll just say that, man. I mean, hey, I guess if you're C.D. Lamb, I mean, dude, you're 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 a millionaire now. Or you're about to be a millionaire. Invest in a phone that's got like the the iPhone that's got like the, the eye thing, like the eye scanner, and don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> the eye and, and then don't worry about it. Scan those eyes or scan your look or whatever. Scan your face, the face scanner, and use that because apparently you're trying to hide something. I'm not sure what went down. I with can't that. wait until the story five years from now, whatever that comes out about yeah. the phone. Like yeah. what was on the phone, and maybe something already is, and I just haven't we, seen it. Can we talk about probably the, the biggest MVP though of draft night, in my opinion? Kyle, Kyle Kingsbury, that that guy is the setup. That guy is living his best life. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt so depressed watching all these coaches and everything. I'm not sure if they're in basements, if they're in their offices, but I'm looking at their homes. I'm like, change that wallpaper, change your curtains. What are you guys doing? You guys are millionaires. And then all <laughs> hey. oh, Belichick was that like what's that show that <laughs> that '70s show or something? Yeah, and exactly. Belichick, Belichick and, getting the movie. And, uh, yeah, and you know me, man. Like, <laughs> I, sometimes my wife and I should make me watch HGTV, so I'm judging and I'm judging everybody. And then all of a sudden, here comes Kyle. Kingsbury, man. I mean, you want to talk about just entourage, living the dream, cool hand Luke, whatever you want to call him. That guy is just living his best life, man, I, and I salute him. I I'm actually thought, I thought he was at the facility because yeah. it looked like a turf field. Like, it looked like he's at a hotel. That's just like, that's just some Kentucky Bermuda, whatever it was, man, out by like a, a hundred foot pool, whatever, but the guy's living his best life, man. Good for him. Listen, he's, yeah, he's in a prime spot. Good for him. Guy didn't even win in college and look where he's ended up. <laughs> It's no. unbelievable. Did, did we say McVay set up? I can't remember what McVay was bringing on the table. I didn't see that. Did no, they have, because they didn't, they didn't have, have a pick. Oh, <laughs> see, here's the thing. I, w- I wish that was a bit we just did there, but it wasn't. I know. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, man. Because, you know, you, you know Sean McVay, he's kind of that yeah. y- younger dude, too. You know I mean? He's a good-looking guy. Everyone's flocking to him. I wonder if Sean McVay goes to Kyle Kingsbury and go. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So you got to pull everything. Well, check this out. I've been to a Super Bowl in my first couple well, of years. Jones check what I yacht. got. Well, but Jerry Jones is what's confusing, though. That Listen, I don't want to tell Jerry Jones how to set up his yacht and do his thing. Obviously, that's out of my pay scale. Not sure what was going on with those circular things around him. It is funny, Ty. He said to me today, he's like, I knew that was a boat. I thought he was on a cruise ship. <laughs> so he called it. It's so funny how people were in tune with where everybody was. Of course. But well, then they said, like, I guess I didn't watch the draft like this closely to think about this because I know what you were talking about. Yeah. We have such a complex in Jacksonville about these damn commercials. All right. They take commercials in the draft. Brent. But I guess they didn't even show the war rooms at all. Like, we were the yeah. only ones. Like, Steph was so mad hey. that they didn't show the war room. Steph was also mad. They're like, they said something nice about every draft pick yep. except for ours. S- Steph knows what's <laughs> up, you know? And, and I'm leading the charge on this. Apparently, Brent is an ESPN show now and trying to stick up for ESPN for letting the Jacksonville Jaguars go to commercial twice. I'm immune Brent, to this. I'm tough. I'm not, not going to stand for it, man. It's not fair, and I will never stand for it. If it happens again tonight, guess what? I'm going to call him out again. No problem there. One more question. He's soft. One more question. <laughs> One more question for you. 
Mike Brabel, when did, when does that reality TV show come out with him and his family? Yeah, I Your did, thoughts. Steve Lehman, who we had on yesterday, ended up tweeting about somebody who's been living with them. That's what they wore. And I don't know the whole story after that. We just got too busy and I okay. didn't see all that. But that whole I just thing. I thought it was his kids. It, that whole thing was wild because a lot of people think the one guy's on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what's the have we Have we... Have we had a ruling on that? Like, is yeah. the guy on the toilet or not? No, he's not on the toilet. <laughs> I just, listen, I think one kid was dressed as Frozone. One kid was wearing, like, his old jersey, like, Bravo's old jersey. Yeah. Like, hey, man, that's just a different type of family over yeah, there. Yeah, I think you know there was saying? more to the story about the Frozone kid. I, I'm pretty sure. That's okay. why I want to be a little sensitive to it. I didn't see it, the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, Steve Lehman, who we had on yesterday, I said, like, what is going on there? He's like, I have no idea. I can't explain it. But then later on during the, their conference calls, yeah. I guess they got an ex- explanation. Okay. And I don't know the whole story because I, I remember him saying something about a, a young man that was living with the Vrabels. Yeah. So there might be something more to that side and, of it. And, and also one more thing. Do you think um, John Lynch understands what football and chill actually means? Because his daughter was rocking a football and chill shirt, and I'm not sure if he understands what that phrase actually means. Uh, I'm not sure I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Chill? Too, too old. You're too old, Brent. It's okay, oh, though. Brent. Too old, right? You're oh, on you Twitter, hate to though. see it. Hey, don't call it the gram and then not know what Netflix and chill means. <laughs> Okay, you can't have it both ways. So stay in one lane. Uh, I will stay in. Uh, Do your research. Lane. The Minnesota Vikings. We had a question. Did we have a question all the way from San Diego? Yeah, they, I don't know how this. So Jordan is calling in from San Diego, or I calling in from San Diego, but he's a cool. Vikings fan. Okay. Cool. So his question was about Transient Justin Place. Yeah. <laughs> about Justin Jefferson, who they drafted yep. to you would assume, replace Diggs. So he wants to know if you think Jefferson can do Diggs numbers in year one or come close to it. I think it was a great replacement for Diggs. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. I think it was a pretty good move for them. I mean, Jefferson's complimentary guy doesn't have to be the guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the pickup for Minnesota to do that. I don't know how much they had to replace necessarily. I think you've got to be really careful when you get into those situations. Sure. Of, oh, yeah, we just trade him. We've got to go find this guy. Yeah. But I think that fell to them. They didn't have to do much with it. I think uh, the Jags even said they might have fielded a call uh, about moving up to 20 to go get Jefferson. Mm. We know now that the Jaguars even like Jefferson. The Eagles passed on Jefferson. I would grade that a very good score for Minnesota, giving up Diggs, getting what they got in return, and then also getting Justin Jefferson. So I'm going to say this. you Obviously, you had to replace Diggs. They did that. The only issue that I have about it, and shout out to Minnesota Vikings fans out there, I guess. I guess everyone's listening worldwide. And now this is pretty cool. I'm breaking down a Vikings uh, draft pick. But I think Justin Jefferson, Brent, if you go back to the numbers, he spent like 95%, 99% in the slot. Okay? You have a guy by the name of Adam Thielen who's in the slot already. You're not going to move Adam Thielen to the outside. That's not his game. So essentially what you have to do now is obviously you took Justin Jefferson, so you think that his skill set can probably translate to outside a la Stephon Diggs. So... Can he play the outside spot? I think so. I think he's got great hands, obviously. He's got the speed. But there's a little bit of a caveat there saying, well, you know what? you got to play a spot now that you're not really accustomed to playing, and we took you in the first round. Hey, uh, a shameless prediction for 365 days away. Okay. If Minshew mm-hmm. is still the guy in 2021, Jaguars will package some picks to go get you more chase. Uh, the receiver from LSU. LSU, yeah. No, as good as this receiving class is, that guy oh, could the, become the Julio he's, Jones he's of the 2021. He's better than Jefferson already, but yeah. he's still, yeah. You know? I'll, I'll give you that. And, I like that. And I think they that could be, remember, Caldwell made that move with Julio Jones when he was with Atlanta. Now he wasn't the guy pulling the trigger on it, but he was, but he was part of it. Mm. And don't be surprised. Again, a lot has to fall into place, but if they think, 
they're, they, the part about the Jags with wide receivers is they really have nobody under contract other than DJ Chark after this season. Good call. And that's why they need to invest tonight in the next couple of days in receivers to at least have some bodies. They don't want to have to replace three or four receivers or force to sign receivers, yeah. whatever it might be. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how the Jags handle that. Coming up in a little bit, we're gonna, I'm not going to break just yet, Kuz, but coming up we're going to talk to uh, Jawan Taylor. We had a Zoom call with him uh, earlier today right before yeah, the yeah, show. Talking a little bit about C.J. Henderson, talking about Chase on, and talking about, hey, how much are, are you a fan of what they might do tonight and say give us some offense? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really good. He was fun talking about uh, that kind of stuff. I do want to talk about this Mike Silver article. He got access to the Jags from the meeting before the draft with Shad Khan, Dave Caldwell, Tony Khan, and Doug Marone on, on the Kismet mm-hmm. uh, here on the St. John's River, the plan they put in place. I'll tell you what, if you read this article – I'm not sure if fans feel the same way I did, but this does not sound like the final season for Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. That's one of my takeaways out of this article. Interesting. Like It did not feel that way. This was a vision for the future, and when you lay a blueprint and a vision down, that doesn't mean like, hey, guys, let's lay this down, and then I'll change out in a year. Yeah. Now, nothing's guaranteed, but I just got the vibe off this article. One of the early vibes I got was like, I don't know if there's like a a must-get win total here for these guys to keep their job next year. That's one of the feelings I got, and I know you're not going to like that, Jacksonville. Yeah. That's one of the feelings I got reading this article. If you haven't read it yet, it's on NFL.com. Michael Silver did a nice job with it. Well, that's one of the things I've kind of discussed a little bit, right, where all these moves are showing that the Jaguars are kind of playing for the future by letting go of, um, you know, Clay's Campbell. I get it was a money thing as well, but letting go of AJ Boy, like they are planning for the future, and you have – essentially a GM and a head coach that we've been talking about that we've been led to believe that has to play for the now because they can't afford to play for the future. But now with this article coming out and everything and possibly with some of these moves tonight, maybe it leads more to the fact that are they safer than we think they are right now? Because keep in mind, sometimes, you know, I mean, and I'm not much of a home builder, Brent, but I think that if you hire a contractor, you want to see the job finished. And right now, there's a lot of materials to build a house with. There's a lot of foundation tools that you can use because you have a big draft this year, obviously, and you also have a big draft next year as well. Okay, are you surprised the Jaguars didn't trade at all yesterday? And in Silver's article, again, he followed very closely. Jags gave him some access, and uh, Dave Caldwell fielded calls uh, from the Jets. They wanted to move up. To number nine, the Jets were sitting at 11 as like a fourth-round pick. I think Atlanta was in a conversation. I yeah. think Tampa was in the conversation. A little surprised that they, that there was no that they stayed at nine and 20. And I'll be honest with you, I said it. I think a week ago, I'll bet I I would say there was better than a 50 percent chance they didn't pick at number 20. I thought for sure they'd trade out of that spot, and they didn't. Sure. So I'm a little surprised from the fact that. You know, I mean, obviously Isaiah Simmons, if, they, if it fell to Jackson, I think they would have took Isaiah Simmons. So, like, they could have been waiting for that. But I'm a little surprised the Jaguars didn't trade back a couple spots to maybe get, you know, Kinlaw then. Because, like, the way Kinlaw – I knew Kinlaw wouldn't go 20. I didn't know if he was going to go to San Francisco or not. Obviously, it made way too much sense with San Francisco, so props to them. But I'm surprised, like, maybe they didn't trade with maybe, like, a Tampa Bay team who actually – they wanted worse. Obviously, Tampa Bay needed a left tackle for Brady, so they could have traded with them or or maybe Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, you know, for wide receivers. So I'm surprised a little bit that they didn't trade back. But as far as trading up, obviously, Okuda was on the table. Detroit obviously loved him. So I was a little surprised from that standpoint, too. 
But overall, I mean, once it kind of fell where it did, I wasn't that shocked. Here's part of the article. Okay, I'll just read this here. If we trade back to 11, I think the Jets will take a tackle. That's what he told everybody on the conference call. Chad Khan, Tony Khan, Doug Marone. Uh, but we have to worry about Atlanta going to 10 and taking one of the guys we're targeting. If we go to 11, we have to be comfortable with C.J. Henderson, Chason, or Jerry Judy. Hmm. The value of the Jets trade is good, according to the analytics. With Atlanta, the analytics say we lose the trade. We can say yes to the Jets just as long as you're okay with possibly taking a receiver. And Caldwell says, which is fine. So what happens is the Jets call back and say, eh, we're we're not going to do it. We're backing out. And later on, Caldwell says, man, I was really hoping that the Jets would do that and we could drop back to number 11. Sure. So there you go. So it gives you a little bit of insight. you got to yeah. go read the article. It's really yeah. hard to tell you all about it on the radio side. Uh, but NFL.com, Michael Silver did a really nice job with it. Again, I think it's cool these guys get this access uh, well, on draft day and kind of tell that behind-the-scenes story of, of what's going on. And am I kind of wrong? Because I kind of saw some, you know, I saw the highlights of it. Am I wrong to assume that the Jaguars kind of thought that Chase on – might have been number nine? Well, no. So here's the deal. Or, like, higher? And I should have done a better job setting this up if you haven't. I can't assume you read it. But basically, the Jags said they have four guys that they really want, mm. that they have high grades on. And that was Akuda, Brown, Henderson, and Chason. Mm. Now, again, is this for the article? I mean, is that all they really had? Were those really their top four guys? Well, that's the way it comes across. So, I mean, that's what we're reading. That's what we got to be saying. I just, I always find this interesting the day after to say, yeah, we got two of the guys out of the four that we wanted, and, and one of them at twenty. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's like, did you see like Shanahan, San Francisco, say Ayok was the top receiver yeah. on their board? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That's my yeah. point. It wasn't. Yeah. I don't no, believe I, you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I you don't know, I know. believe you. I know. Yeah. So, but also, <laughs> but to be fair though, Ayok, did you see his? The footage of where they're doing like tackling drills and he actually leaped over the guy. It was like a goal line tackling drill, like Oklahoma. It. it was like an Oklahoma drill. Oh, okay. And the guy had to wrap him up. Yeah. He literally from, like a, just, from a standstill jumped over the guy. Vince Carter style. But so along those lines, Chase on they said they would have taken at nine, but I think he would have traded back then. Yeah. Whether it was fourteen Tampa, somewhere else, I think then because he still could get Chase on, although they were concerned about Atlanta coveting some of the same guys, Chase on Henderson. And what this also indicates, and this would have made Jags fans mad, but Simmons was not one of their four. If Simmons slipped to nine, they still were not taking Simmons, and they might have taken Chase on over him. But see, wow. I think they would have been able to trade out at that point, of is course. my point. Yeah. So fascinating article. Read more about it, NFL.com. We'll have our selection on who the Jaguars might trade up and get today, because there's an indication in here that Caldwell really wants somebody else on that board that they could have even taken at number 20 that's still available. So we'll have an educated guess at that toward the end of the show. Coming up next, our conversation with Jawan Taylor about C.J. Henderson and Kayla Von Chason, <laughs> his new teammates. I said it right. <laughs> we like some receivers there. Uh, obviously, if uh, C.J. was gone, uh, we kicked around of possibly Kayvon being a, that pick at nine, but also... Uh, uh, a receiver or two would have came in play if, if he was gone. Um, so we just kind of followed our board and followed the best player that we felt was available at a position of need. And um, and we know that this is we, – we've heard uh, for the last year that this is the deepest receiver draft, and we know that there's going to be receivers all across the board as the draft goes on. That is Dave Caldwell on the draft picks yesterday. I think that's a, a that's very insightful on what's going on tonight. If the Jaguars said at 9 and 20, 
receiver was at least on their radar. Judy and Jefferson were on their radar. That means receivers on their radar. Yeah, They are going to get a weapon tonight at receiver. I don't think they'll wait too long. And I've told you this many a times. If we go all the way back a month and a half ago, the Jaguars, it's not their M.O. to go receiver in the first round, especially in a deep draft, and especially if you look at their history. They, like Marquise Lee, probably more than you all do, they like their Allen Robinson pick. They like their D.J. Chark pick. Those three selections came in the second round, in day two. And... Caldwell's had some success in the second round. You know, you can be a critic of Caldwell's, but his second round success has been pretty good uh, with guys like Robinson, with guys like even Brandon Linder, with guys like Yannick Ngakwe. You know, with depending on how you even rate like Cam Robinson, uh, but Jawan Taylor last year. Mm-hmm. So th- Friday's been a good day yeah. for Dave Caldwell over these years. Uh, he hopes to have another big one tonight, and we'll see what they do. Uh, but last night, I think, was a good night. I think it was a solid night. I think it would have been a heck of a lot more, more fun to come in here and talk about a receiver mm-hmm. and how he changes their offense. Oh. No doubt. Yeah, but that, that's just you, though, Brent, right? No, I'm kidding. I know. But you're all under the, the bells and whistles. You know, like, you're all under the gadgets. Like, show me something. Like, you, you're like a cat in the window, and there's, like, a ball <laughs> dangling. Like, show me a wide receiver. I need a wide receiver. Like, man, I, I get it, and it'll happen, but... You have to remember that they locked up two positions that they had to lock up. So. Hey, this is really fun to tell you about. C.J. Anderson is a great corner. He's going to lock up the receiver that they'll never throw it to him, so he'll never pick off the ball. And by the way, he won't even fist pump or anything because he's so quiet and reserved. So be honest, that's what you're upset about because the, the, the guy is very calm, cool, and collected, so it's probably going to make for a bad interview, so that upsets you a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's not going to be a good interview. Uh, uh, but, I mean, listen, listen, I don't – listen, I – I'm not hammering the guy. Not He's going to be, it's a good pick. It's going to be a good play, but you want me to get excited about it. Yeah. It's hard for me to get excited about it. Here's what you can get excited about. There is probably a only 10% chance that he blocks you on Twitter. <laughs> There we go, Actually, man. Le- well, if I keep doing this, he might block me. You're oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I have no, nothing wrong with it. I think he's, he, he sounds like he's a great young man. He really Absolutely, does. Absolutely, for sure. And, uh, they wanted that. That's a 180 from uh, what they had. And one of the questions we talked about, Jawan Taylor, about those personalities at those positions and other positions. Mm-hmm. We caught up with Jawan Taylor uh, on a Zoom call earlier this afternoon. So we're going to play that interview for you. Before we get into that, I want you to hear what Mel Kuyper had to say about C.J. Henderson going into this draft. Yep. And then we'll roll right into our conversation with Jawan Taylor. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s player profile. Over six foot, that's six foot and a half, 204 pounds. 4.39 speed, gifted athlete, strong kid as well with that compact, strong frame. The only issue with, with C.J. Henderson is, will he be a liability in terms of tackling and being able to support the run? Will he be playing with 10 guys on defense and not 11? If he can improve in that area with his coverage skills, he can be a guy that's deserving of Pro Bowl honors. But if he's not, if he's one-dimensional, then that will be an issue for defensive coordinators to have to deal with. All right, a little Zoom call. That's what we do these days. Uh, even after the draft, welcome to 2020. <laughs> That's the yes, way sir. it all goes down. And uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, and Chad Ross. Uh, that's right. I'll start again. That's going to be a fun. Good. I'm so sorry. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I can tape it. See, that's what happens. Uh <laughs> All right, here we go. No, no, you're, you're all good, seriously. Three, two, and. 
How about a little Zoom call? That's what we do here in 2020, even uh, during the NFL draft. And this is a guy that had a big draft day in kind of the normal way a year ago. And we were in Nashville, Tennessee. Jawan Taylor, the Jaguars right tackle, joins us. Brent Morco here, Austin Lane as well. And Jawan, uh, you've got a couple of guys now that are teammates that you know pretty well. C.J. Henderson you know very well from the days in Gainesville. But even – Kalevon Chason is a guy that you're familiar with at LSU. You went up against him a couple years back. Your reaction to uh, your two new teammates? Uh, all I got to say is Duval. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Jags, man. Uh, very excited to work with them guys, uh, go out there and compete and win some games, man. They're two great players, and we're looking forward to having them with us. Yeah, that's awesome, uh, and no doubt I think everybody's pretty excited about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about C.J. Henderson. We talked to him uh, last night. He is a quiet guy, reserved yes, guy, and yeah. uh, that is different. But you know him very well. Tell us yeah. about your relationship, how well you know him, and how much the Jaguars, Doug Marone said it, that he talked to you about him. How much did mm-hmm. they bend your ear about C.J. Henderson? Oh, they asked me about him a few times uh, once the season ended and when they, when they were able to start talking to the uh, draft prospects and stuff. And uh, they asked me about him a few times. And, uh, you know, of course, I gave him great feedback. I played two years with him at Florida. Uh, great kid all around. Very, very high football IQ. Um, great locker room guy. Great leader. Um, just looking forward to him coming out there. You know, obviously on film, you see very explosive. Um, you know, it's just great talent. Uh, very physical. Um, you know, just fast, aggressive, everything. You know, he brings everything we need for uh, our defensive back, you know, uh, group. So we're looking forward to him uh, coming out there and helping us win some games. So we're excited about him. Bring, uh, John, you know, bring Austin in just a moment. But just to, let me piggyback one more time on, on what your relationship. How close were you guys at Florida? Oh, uh, very, very close, very close. Uh, we played two years together in Florida. And, um, you know, at Florida, we was a great big family there in our locker room. You know, we all support each other and uh, – you know, we, we all built relationships there. So, um, it, of course, I was always keeping in contact with him and stuff and his draft process. And, you know, just looking forward to bringing him out here and getting him to Duval. John, you know, anytime a coach comes to you and asks you about somebody, I get it. You know, he's your former teammate. But anytime you put a stamp on somebody, there has to be something special about him. So I, I don't want to hear what you told all the coaches or anything, but like, what was the biggest thing to you that stood out about C.J. Henderson of why you wanted him here in Duval? Uh, just seeing his talent level. Uh, if you look all the way back to him in high school, he played offense, and then he played defense as well. You know, he played both sides of the ball. So to come to Florida and even his first debut as a freshman had two pick six, pick six uh, interceptions in the game against Michigan. So, uh, you know, we, we already knew he was talented from the time he got there. So, uh, you know, he had a great career there. You know, um, one of the best in the country. To, to me, was the best in the country. So, you know, he, he was always a special player. He even showed his times at the combine with, you know, 20 reps on bench running a 4-3. Um, that, that show is explosive, his power. So uh, we was excited about it. John, you know, anytime these days, especially now in the modern era of the NFL, you know, a cornerback's supposed to be loud. He's supposed to be brash. He's always on an island. And, and my co-host, Brent, here, he kind of alluded to a little bit where this guy's a little more of a, of a quiet, reserved kind of dude. Kind of reminds me a lot of, like, Darrell Revis was. Um, my question to you, though, is what is he like on the field, right? I mean, we kind of get what he's like off the field, but in terms of his mindset on the field, what is that like? Man, he just wants to win. That's that's mainly thing, and he wants to win every single rep he's out there. You know, he doesn't want a ball to be caught. And, you know, of course, he's a ball hog. He wants to get interception. So, you know, he, he's going to talk when he's going to get, you know, he's going to make plays. He'll talk a little bit. But like you say, he's a very quiet guy, very humble guy. So that's a great guy to bring around us in the locker room. You know, he get along with anybody. So uh, we're excited about it. 
Hanging around with Jawan Taylor, the Jaguars' second-year right tackle going into his second year. Heck, it's only been a year since he got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You've become a veteran in the NFL, and now uh, Jawan Taylor is exactly that. You know, I'm stuck on this personality thing a little bit, Jawan, because of the game of football. It always fascinates me. I mean, you look at Austin, he looks kind of like a mean guy. He played defensive end in the league. So, yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, you're a right. one, though, right? Most offensive linemen don't have the personality you have. You have a smile. You like to have fun a little bit. Those other guys are all kind of mean-looking and and, uh, and and stoic. And, and right. then you get – we've had a little bit of both in Jacksonville. There's obviously the Jalen Ramsey, and that's one mm-hmm. extreme. But A.J. Boye was kind of a mild-mannered, quiet guy. Yeah. He still got the job done. What is it about personality, whether it's your position or maybe C.J. Henderson's position – that you have to turn on and off, play in, play out, that you might not bring home with you sometimes. Well, it's just like you said, you got to turn the switch on when you get on the field. Uh, you know, be a good, loving, humble guy off the field, uh, you know, but when you get on the field, it's about business. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I feel like me and CJ bring to the game. You know, just, you know, we won't say too much, you know, get along with everyone, but when it's on the field, you got to turn the switch on. It's time to, you know, play hard. You know, and speaking of, you know, being humble and just, you know, being getting along with everybody, uh, I have to admit, man, you're actually my son's favorite player, which is crazy to me because I'm, I'm a little biased. You know, I'm, I'm a defensive guy. Right. I want him to go to Josh Allen, but you, you actually you really cool him one day, you gave him a high five, and he hasn't forgotten about that. So I'm sure you're going to get some 75 jerseys now in the house, unfortunately for me, but props to you for doing that. But, you know, but my question to you about, you know, it's more about yourself here. We're you're entering your second year now, and I always say that you make your biggest strides as an NFL player during your second year. Well, obviously, right now with, with the climate, you know, with COVID-19 and everything, I mean, I'm sure your training has been affected a little bit. And on top of that, also, you're trying to install a new offense. So my question to you is, what is, you know, the, the training been like, number one, and trying to develop as a football player? And number two, has it been difficult trying to implement a new offense, not being around the guys? Uh, real well. One uh, training hasn't been too hard. I mean, it started out hard when we started with the quarantine thing, but uh, now I, I found somewhere to train at, and I've been training really hard lately. Um, and like you said, uh, with the learning the offense, uh, it's not too hard right now. We just started opening up a new playbook. Uh, I'm keeping it in contact with my coach and stuff. You know, if I have any questions, but you know, it's it's not too hard right now. Right now, it's just uh, quarantining and training and, and studying. That's all for me. Caleb on Chason, let me ask you about him. Jaguars took him at number 20 overall. Obviously, he was opponent in the SEC for LSU. ton of good players at LSU, much like Florida. And, by the way, I'm going to call him like the combination of Caleb on and, and Le'Veon uh, for about three months until I get used to it. It's really not that hard. Caleb on, right? Yeah. I mean, really not yeah. that hard. But he's a bendy guy. As an yeah. offensive lineman, especially a tackle, how challenging is that? And I know Austin can talk about it, too, because he mm. likes to make it uncomfortable on guys like you. But how, how tough is that, especially at the NFL level, when a guy can bend the way this guy can? Oh, it's very tough. Uh, for one, you have to be flexible yourself as a lineman to even be able to block a guy that's bendy like that. But uh, like you said, Chase on, he, he's very bendy and he's explosive as well. So he's going to bring a lot to our defensive line. You know, be a nice backup for Josh, and you know, you can learn a lot from those vets that's on the defensive line. So we're looking forward to him coming out here too. Um, like you said, it is hard to block that, but you know, um, you got to stay patient and use your hands. Well, and speaking of, you know, being uh, able to get off the ball, explosiveness, I mean, Von Miller is a guy who's always been able to do that. And you're actually a guy who kind of picked Von Miller's brain a little bit, and he had some advice for you. I thought that was very telling of you trying to get better as a football player. So with that being said, what kind of advice have you got from NFL players that you talked to from the defensive side of the ball, you know, that, that you've gone against? And also, what have you learned from it, and what do you hope to improve on from what you saw last year from yourself? 
Uh, mostly, they all those guys give me great advice. Um, you know, tell me how to use my hands better, um, how to stop bull rushes, different things like that. Um, I, I got a lot of great advice and um, a lot of good compliments telling me I'm gonna be a good player in this league for a long time and stuff. So, um, like you said, I'm I'm looking to learn and, and get better all throughout this off season, which I've been working on that uh, hand placement, um, all things like that, getting stronger, uh, being more physical, different things like that I've been working on. So I, I utilize all those things I learned from them and try to implement it to my game. All right, we're wrapping up with Juwan Taylor. We appreciate you taking a few minutes, man, uh, the day after the first round of the draft. And it as is. the Jaguars move forward, they have 10 more picks. I just wonder how much of a football fan you are in the sense of maybe even when you were at college, did you pay attention to signing day and say, hey, who are they adding to the offensive line or mm-hmm. the receivers? I think there will be some attention on offense here in the next couple of days. Are you a fan of that? I mean, are you going to be watching like, hey, who are they adding? I'm, we like what we have, but we can always get better type of thing? Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm always looking to see who we're adding, uh, most definitely helping us win some games. So um, I'm looking forward to what we're bringing in, giving us some new teammates, some new guys in the locker room, and uh, hopefully bring us energy and help us win. You stumping for anybody else? It seemed like it works for CJ. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can stump anybody to play in Florida right now. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a few more guys that we waiting to get drafted, so we're going to see what happens. We'll keep an eye. Uh, maybe a Van Jefferson or, or Zuni yeah, 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 Jr. Sure. as somebody like that. There's some talented sure. guys still out there. Hey, Jawan Taylor, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the draft and can't wait to kind of get back to normalcy so we can see you guys play some football. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that is Jawan Taylor. Thanks for hanging with us, by the way. We restarted. <laughs> Welcome to Zoom. By the way, here's why we do the show in studio. What's up with that audio there? we got to fix that on your computer. I know, man. I'm not sure what's going on there. That's what happens when you have a laptop from 2010. And then we started know? the conversation again because the phone rang, so uh, I, oh, yeah. I forgot and, to edit that out. Well, and, and by the way, uh, <laughs> Jawan Taylor, just because Tom Coughlin's gone doesn't mean you're not getting fined for that, okay? So, so, so it's going to be two, 250 I don't know. in the piggy bank. I feel like I should be fined for that interview more. <laughs> Than, uh, or all of us have a little role well, in finding. Well, exactly. You know what? Note to myself, I'm going to use my cell phone from now on and doing the interviews from Zoom. All right. Uh, here's the deal. Let's. Um, we got like two minutes. Yeah. Quick, quick something. Senior Bowl sleeper. Yep. Well, I have a couple of them. Real Go quick. ahead. Give all them right. to me. So give me Antonio Go- uh, Gandy Golden out of Liberty. Did an interview with him. Former gymnast, wide receiver, big-bodied guy. I like the gymnast, Brent. All right. I'm a big gymnast guy. So I like him. Troy Pride Jr. Uh, out of Notre Dame. Cornerback. Made some made some cash for himself, I feel like, at the Senior Bowl. Former 100-meter sprinter. Um, high school champion. I like him. I'm biased. Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. I think Zach Bond is a very dynamic guy, and for whatever reason, when uh, edge rushers come out of Wisconsin, they do very well for themselves. And my last guy, Joshua Kelly, running back, UCLA. Thought he made some bread for himself at the Senior Bowl. Showed that he's super explosive. No one's really talking about this kid. I don't get it. I like Joshua Kelly from UCLA. All right, uh, we're going to get to our pick of of who they're going to take at 42 or maybe trade up to get. Before the that, USC's coming to Jacksonville. Three dates in May yeah. at the arena. No fans. Is this good news, big news, bad news? Listen, this is great news if you're a UFC fan. It's great news for me because I'm a big fan of it, so that's cool. Maybe I can cover it. Um, it's bad news because no one can go watch it, obviously. Listen, I just think from this standpoint, though, there's a risk in here, right? There's the, there's a risk, and uh, I'm taking this chance because there's going to be three events here every single weekend. So with that being said, my question is, how does it value the city of Jacksonville if fans can't go watch this? Will there be income coming in? Is there going to be future UFC dates in Jacksonville? If that's the case, then sounds good. But to me right now, the risks obviously outweigh the pros just because there's a lot of risks that can happen from this. All right, last one before we get out of here. The Jags are picking in 
Well, the draft starts in an hour right here on ESPN 690. We'll yeah. have you covered on CBS 47 and Fox 30. 15-minute show at 11.15 to recap the draft tonight. But And follow along on social media and Facebook. I'll have some Facebook Lives on Action News Jacks reacting to the picks. McKinney, Swift, Blacklock, Cleveland, Higgins, Epinesa, Delpit, Pittman, Mims. I just gave nine names. There yeah. could be others. I get it. You get one pick. Who are you going with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... I am going with Higgins. I really wanted to try to fly up and get Swift. Yeah. I think he's going to be like the first off the board. I think it'll be too much, too steep. All right. I am going with Higgins. So if you're going with Higgins, then I'm going to take Blacklock, but I won't be mad if it's Pittman. Can we get Blacklock, baby. Can oh, we help Gardner Just out? like I said. Just like hey, I said. Get mean, in those big horses. We're going to win in the trenches, baby. The way football is meant to be you know, played. Only 11 guys Let's play go. defense. You're going to use all Let's 12 go. picks on defense? Let's get the big boys in here, Brent. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com and check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save